Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Truly great ideas don't come around very often. The kind of once-in-a-lifetime ideas that not only change a person's life, but change the lives of people all over the world. Alexander Norris had such an idea. Norris was born in Ireland in 1771 and emigrated to America later in life. He made his home in the growing city of Cincinnati, Ohio, along with his two daughters, Olivia and Elizabeth. Around 1833, Olivia met a widower named William, who had come over from England several years earlier. William had worked in an English general store as a child. The shop's owner took the boy under his wing and taught him how to dip candles. William spent years learning the ropes of running a business, and when he met his first wife Martha, he knew it was time to strike out on his own. William opened a shop in London, which lasted all of 24 hours. He was robbed the day after his grand opening and could no longer afford to pay back the $8,000 debt he owed. Rather than try his luck again and risk another loss, William and his wife journeyed to New York City to start anew. He opened a brand new business doing what he knew best, making candles. His new endeavor lasted quite a bit longer than his first, but it didn't take long for William to grow restless. New opportunities were exploding out west, so William and Martha packed up their things and left New York in 1832. Sadly, as they were passing through Cincinnati, Martha became gravely ill and passed away. So William put the rest of his trip on hold and decided to settle down in Ohio permanently. He found temporary work at a local bank before restarting his candle-making business once again. It was during this time when he met Olivia Norris. The two fell in love and were quickly married. Meanwhile, Olivia's sister Elizabeth had also found someone new. His name was James. Like William, James was an immigrant as well, this time from Ireland, just like her father. He'd come over with many others in 1819 during a time of unrest. His family's intention had been to start a new chapter of their lives in Illinois, but James had gotten very sick as they were traveling through Cincinnati. It took time for him to recover, and his family used that time to come to a decision. They were just going to stay. James started apprenticing under a soap maker in the city at the age of 18. He gained the skills and knowledge he needed to one day open his own soap shop, which he did with a friend who coincidentally, made candles. After marrying into the Norris family, William and James became brothers-in-law and competitors. Not for business, though, but for resources. That was the thing about candles and soap. They both used the same raw materials, fat and oil. Both men had been supplying their individual ventures using the byproducts from Cincinnati's meatpacking industry. That was when their new father-in-law had this brilliant idea— what if they just joined forces and started a new company together? 
They could funnel all the fat and oil they ever needed into one business rather than having to compete. It took them a few years to finally come around to the idea, but in 1837, William and James entered into a partnership. If only they had timed it better. That same year, an economic depression known as the Panic of 1837 sent the country into a downward spiral. Businesses shuttered and banks were wiped out. It was estimated that some areas saw unemployment numbers as high as 25%. However, despite the financial hardships they faced, William and James stuck it out. Even in a depression, people still needed to be clean and see in the dark. Once the panic subsided, their business grew and they branched out into other products. Today, the little soap and candle-making company started by James and William now produces laundry detergent, paper towels, toilet paper, batteries, and shaving razors, among so many other things. Little did they know that one day, their last names would become practically synonymous with all our everyday needs. And those names? Procter and Gamble. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Imagine the most famous inventions we use today. The light bulb, the automobile, even the iPhone. We not only know them, but we know the people behind them as well. 
Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, and Steve Jobs, brilliant minds of their time who ascended to legendary status. But there's one man, though, who created some of the most widely used inventions in history, and no one knows about him. His name was Walter Hunt, and he was born in Martinsburg, New York in 1796. Not much is known about his upbringing, only what he created later in his life. You see, Hunt was a man full of ideas. When he saw a problem, he knew exactly how to fix it. Take the sewing machine. The first sewing machine patent was issued to Charles Frederick Wiesenthal in England in 1755. Over the next several decades, different designs using different types of stitches popped up from inventors all over the world. Almost none were viable for commercial work, though. It wasn't until 1829 when a French tailor opened a clothing company that produced clothes using a brand new machine of his own design. Three years later in America, though, Walter Hunt created the first lock-stitch sewing machine. His design used a needle and a shuttle that worked in tandem. As the needle penetrated the fabric to create a loop, the shuttle beneath would travel through the loop with a separate thread. The loop would then get pulled up, locking the alternate thread in place, creating a lock stitch. Hunt first suggested his daughter use his machine to start her own business making corsets. After giving it some thought, though, he rescinded that advice. He couldn't bear the idea of taking money out of the pockets of tailors and seamstresses. It didn't help that the device was prone to frequent jamming. Hunt gave up on his sewing machine shortly after and didn't give it any further thought. Another man named Elias Howe patented his version of the same machine a few years later and made a lot of money from a little company called Singer. That was okay, though. Hunt had more ideas to explore. In 1849, he came up with a brand new breed of rifle. He called it the Volition Repeater, and what made it special was its new tubular magazine, filled with 12 rounds. The Repeater had something in common with Hunt's sewing machine, though. It was unreliable. And although Hunt had the foresight to patent his invention this time, he didn't use it to get rich. Instead, he sold the design to a man named George Aerosmith. Aerosmith was in charge of a team of weapons engineers who then improved on Hunt's original design. Their names were Horace Smith and Daniel Wesson. Still, Hunt didn't let their success get him down. He just moved on to the next big thing. Over the course of his life, Walter Hunt invented a machine that made nails, an ice plow, a knife sharpener, and a device that spun flax. He also improved upon the fountain pen, the ink stand, the bicycle, and the saw. Hunt even developed shoes that could walk on ceilings using suction cups. He was a brilliant inventor, but he didn't have a head for business. The money he brought in went back out almost immediately, either for patents or to fund his next big idea. As a result, Hunt was almost always in debt. But it was his greatest invention that led to the saddest story of his career. Hunt often outsourced the work of drawing his patents to local draftsmen, who would create the numerous diagrams for his inventions, and then annotate them so that they could be submitted to the patent office. He owed one of these draftsmen a debt of $15. To pay him back, Hunt came up with a new invention, a kind of pin. Now, other pins of the day were made using multiple wires and various materials. Hunt's design, though, could be achieved through the use of only one wire. It was wound into a loop at one end to create a kind of spring. On the opposite end, the catch or point was contained behind a clasp. Hunt made a prototype using an 8-inch piece of brass wire and then submitted it for approval. He was awarded the patent for his new kind of pin on April 10th of 1849, which he then sold to W.R. Grayson Company for a total of $400. He used 15 of those dollars to pay off his debt and kept the other 385 for himself. 
What he didn't realize was that W.R. Grayson Company would immediately turn around and mass-produce Hunt's dress pins, as he called them, earning the company millions of dollars in the process. Oh, and we still use Hunt's dress pins today. We just know them by a different name. Safety pins. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.